back to your twilight face. Welcome, listeners. If you haven't listened to our Cass Morgan mini-sode yet, what are you doing? Why, why not? You should do that. Yeah. What do you have against Cass Morgan? Go listen. It's great. So, for this episode, we read chapters 19, 20, and 21, and we're just going to jump right into this recap. Yeah, we're ready to go. Chapter 19, Goodbyes. Great chapter title. Bella goes home to Charlie, and she knows that she has to get out of there ASAP because James is coming after her, and she has to lead him away from Charlie. So she rushes upstairs, crying all over the place. Charlie's really confused, and she just tells him, like, I don't want to put down any more roots and forks. I am leaving for the night, and he, I'm leaving forever. And Charlie tries to convince her to stay. And she pulls out the big guns and repeats what her mom said when she was leaving Charlie. And she gets out of there and Charlie is left devastated. Sad face. It's super sad. Then uh, they go over to the Cullen's house where Laurent, Laurent is there. And he lays it out for them just how dangerous James is. So that's some great info for us to know. And then he pieces out because he's like, look. Nah. (laughs) I'm not trying to fight him. No. He leaves, and everybody mobilizes to try to get Bella safe. Uh, So, Bella changes clothes with Esme, Esme, and then she goes with Alice and Jasper, and they're heading to Phoenix. Esme and Rosalie try to lead Victoria away, and Carlisle and Edward and Emmett, I guess, uh, try to lead James the tracker north, and their plan is to try to like get him close and then catch him and fight him. Then we're moving on. Oh, sorry, did you have something? Uh, I was just gonna say, rip them to pieces. Rip them to pieces and burn them. Then we're in chapter 20. Bella is woken up all confused because she's in a hotel in phoenix or something uh, and it's really they're just hanging out you know they're just waiting for news and the they're news very tense. isn't coming it's, it's extremely it's very tense. tense but alice is having visions yeah alice, alice is like getting getting things um but it's confusing she sees like a ballet studio which bella recognizes but she doesn't know if it's like her ballet studio from her youth uh they lose james uh, so, Bella gets to talk to Edward on the phone. Great moment. <laughs> uh, and then, Bella leaves a message for her mom, like, hey, don't go home. Uh, and then, Alice has another vision, and it's Bella's house, her mom's house. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, and then, James calls Bella, and is like, look, you're gonna have to get away from them. And Bella is like, Okay, I guess I will go right. and I'll die. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's that yeah. section. That's the section we got. It's very exciting. We have plot. This is real plot happening, yeah. So she gets back to Charlie's house. Um, Charlie, for once in his life, is hovering. <laughs> um, and I also just realized that the last that we saw Charlie was like that cute, awkward... 
Yeah. Like, meeting in the kitchen. Like, I just found out that my daughter is, like, maybe dating this guy. And then I meet him. And then he's, like, all polite and going to go, like, take my daughter home soon. And then Bella comes back and, like, storms in, is yelling at Edward to get away. Sobbing. Crying. <clears throat> Sobbing. She finds her strangely stashed away hidden cash. Yes. I don't, I don't know why she's like hiding her cash in her own Boy, house. I can't wait to talk about that knotted old sock that <laughs> contained her secret cash hoard. <laughs> what kind of secret life is Bella living? I don't know. She can't have a bank account. I mean, I like tucked some of my like allowance so, away, I guess, in my room. But like, what money is Bella getting in any form at any time? Yeah, one, I don't know. she doesn't have a job. No. Where does this come from? And two, why does she need to, like, does she think Charlie's going to, like, take her money? I don't know. There was some other weird time where we talked about money. What was it? Does either of you remember? Was it when she was grocery shopping and she was, like... Oh, she took money from, from the, like... Jar? From the jar for the grocery money. Yeah. Maybe she just pilfers grocery money. <laughs> a thief! <laughs> Bella, what um, a- Anyways, What's going on here? Anyways, yeah, so Charlie is just, like, very surprised and confused, and I felt even worse for him when I realized that it yep. was just, like, they just went on this cute date, and he's trying to deal with that, and now suddenly Bella's being, like, mean and sad, and... He was probably prepping to do, like, the dad thing when she came home. Like, I don't know what the dad thing is, <laughs> I didn't grow up with one, but... <laughs> Like, I don't know, what is the dad thing when you come home from, like, a first date? I feel like I just want you to be safe. Yeah, it's like being awkwardly, like, (laughs) semi-interested but not asking too many questions. Like, Like, do we need to have the talk? Hope he's (laughs) nice to you. (laughs) I hope we don't. Like, he was probably, like, stretching out his neck, like, I'm ready to do the dad Ready to do it. And then she storms in. And he's like, I hope he's nice to he's, you. Oh, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I don't want to end up trapped in this stupid, boring town like mom. She really cuts Brutal. straight yeah. to the heart. I want to go back a minute to when Charlie is like asking Bella all these questions. Right, right, right. Bella could take a, a note out of that book of asking <laughs> questions. Asking questions. Yeah. Ask questions. And this is such a baller move when Charlie's like, what happened? Like, did he break up with you? And she goes, No! I broke up with him. <laughs> I love that. Like even in this imaginary breakup, Bella's like, it, "It was I broke up with him." <laughs> well, it has to be her choice. I mean, she could be like, "He, yeah, he did break up with me, and I'm devastated. I'm going home." But like, this is like the baller move. This is but the like, this is why it's so no, awesome. I chose to broke break up with him because I don't want to be like mom and get stuck with you yeah. here. Oh, oh my heart! It was so sad. <laughs> this is truly the most brutal part of the entire book. Yeah, the part where Bella almost dies is, like, not not as heartbreaking. (laughs) Like, not even close. Well, it's because Charlie does not deserve it. He does not deserve this. He's the best character. And he's just, like, the most, like, again, he he tries to get passed off as this, like, bumbling little dad, but, like, he's the one who's really excited for her to be here. He buys her a truck. He has all the photos still up in the house. He's the one that defended the Cullens before he yeah. knew anything about them. Everyone in town is suspicious of them, and he's like, hey. They seem like, like good people. Yeah, show some respect. Come on. We he don't even know He has the him. purest intentions of every character in this book. Yeah, his only problem is that he, like, doesn't help around the house enough. No, but... <laughs> But again, Bella does kind of just do it. Yeah. He should except, stop her. Except for that one time when he asks 
Bella to get him some lasagna when she's already eating her own lasagna. Oh, yeah. Except yeah. for that time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's okay. He's a good guy. Like, if Bella didn't want to do all that, she I'm like, could just Dad, stop. no. Yeah. <laughs> get your own. So, Bella absolutely breaks Charlie's heart, and Edward is, like, there silently in the room while she's claiming that they broke up. And they random clothes into a duffel bag. Yeah. And they do escape from Charlie's house. They leave him behind stum- stunned and, and heartbroken. And then, so Edward and Bella Hang on, drive we off. get a, an important note, which is that Renee and Phil are in Florida, but they are planning to go back to Arizona. Right. Right. Because so Phil's not doing of sport. <laughs> So now she's now Bella is worried that her mom will come back to Arizona, which was supposed to be a safe place to go. Yes. Um, so they get in the cars. They're all racing around. Bella's really spooked. Emmett, like, jumps onto the car and scares them all. Um, like, and then, Emmett, what the fuck? <laughs> I, know, I know you have to. I know it's the plan, but still. Come on. And I'm, it was, it's very tense. It gets very tense. I'm, like, very worried. They're speeding right. along the highway. James is right behind them. It's very much, you know, like what's in the dark, like, anything is there. Like, yes. boogeyman type of scare. Mm-hmm. It's like Schrodinger's dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's there, therefore, James is there. Exactly. And what was my thought here? I don't know. Oh, since James is, like, right behind them, there is that, like, very real tension that it could turn into a fight at any moment. Right. right. Exactly. Like, they cannot drive faster than he can run, so they're banking right. that he on the idea that he's not going to want to like fight them. Like all that of them. he's gonna try to separate. Right. Them. Like a true predator. Yeah. I do wanna pull back. Like a panther. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I do I do wanna pull back and talk about how so this villain has really come up kind of out of nowhere. Like it's a villain who appears in the chapter before this. And the only explanation that we get about him, Bella does actually ask questions. Uh-huh. And she's like, why, why? What's his why motivation? Why is he so obsessed with me? Like, who am I? There's a million humans around. Like, what is the deal? And the only answer, which we do get because Edward can read his mind, thankfully, is really only that he likes the chase. Like, she has become a difficult target. I mean, humans are probably, like, mostly yeah. pretty easy to kill. He probably so. doesn't get very many difficult targets. That makes sense. But, like, how boring a life that, like, his vampire self is, like, the only thing he's interested in is, like, interesting murder. Yeah. <laughs> and baseball. <laughs> and I think Laurent was the one that was into playing I don't know. They all wanted to play it. I, I, I really think that, like, they all wanted to play, but only in the sense <laughs> of, like, it being a diversion. It's just a you thing know. to do. Yeah, yeah, like we're immortals. All we do is so we humans. hunt people and we play baseball. Like baseball. Yeah, but it's I just think it's like an in, sort of an interesting villain, you know, from more of a like plot perspective. That it he really doesn't have anything personal against her. Yeah, like he doesn't tie in to like something bigger. He's just like a vampire who came by and is like, oh, you don't want me to kill her? I'm gonna kill her. I mean, it's also very fitting with the way that literally everyone responds to Bella, which is, we see this normal girl, and we have decided she is special. That's true. He That's has so the same true. response as everyone else. Yes. Which is like, I'm obsessed with you. That's true. I had never thought of that as like an extension of what has already been happening to her in Forks. Bella should have been like, 
wow, I, I mean, it tracks, I guess, <laughs> from my whole experience in Forks, this makes sense. That's the real reason why she wants to go back to Arizona here, because she's like, look, I was fucking normal in Arizona, <laughs> like, let's just go back to Arizona. She's like, Forks me as a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> Some people choose to live in the public eye, and some do not. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is where we want to talk about this, but this part is the part that I thought of rereading, like, how m- much Stephanie kept in mind for sequels. Like, if oh. she thought that she was going to write them, or if she'd already written them. I very much remember finishing this book in 2005 and not knowing if there would be a sequel. If like, there would be any other one. If there would be any other, because it does end, like, pretty... It's tied up. Right. And so, now that I'm rereading it, and you know, like, right, it, James just comes out of nowhere. Right. And he, like, kind of goes away. And I guess, you know, she brings back Victoria later. Right. But, like, and we have, like, that little hint of the, the Volturi, but, like, it didn't really feel but like... But they're, they're not set up as villains. No, they're not like, set we up. we hear that they no. exist, but that's really all. But, yeah, I, I don't... I think this book was meant to be, like, just a one-off. Just its own thing. And that makes sense because if you think about, like, Stephanie writing, like, she wasn't a writer before this. She didn't expect a book deal. Right. right. She didn't expect to become, like, an internationally best-selling author. Like, I don't think she went into it with the idea of, like, a plan for a series. Right. She was just like, I I wrote this book. Right. I had a dream. I had a dream. And I wrote a book. If I was her, I don't think I'd, like, anticipate taking it farther. Right, that's right. true. And I suppose from that perspective, he does, James makes a lot more sense as a villain here because right. there's just too much else to do setting up the world. And so, I don't know, she like didn't bother foreshadowing what the actual climax would be because it's like so contained. Right. Yeah. Simultaneously, in that case, the werewolf thing is interesting because it's right. like... That's true. That goes nowhere here. Yeah. Did she write this knowing... This whole time that, like, oh, yeah, over at La Push, uh, right. all these kids are becoming werewolves for the first time. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's just in my head, but it doesn't affect the plot. But I don't have space for it here, right. so yeah. I guess I won't get into it. Or maybe she did and they just cut it out. Maybe she was edited. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I also, I don't know what her book deal was. So I don't know how her editor was reacting to this book as a first book. It's true. We don't know if they bought Twilight or if they bought Twilight and Untitled Stephanie Meyer novel. Yeah, I don't know. We also don't know, like, maybe she went into writing New Moon and was like, wow, I'm so glad that I inadvertently (laughs) built up all that stuff. (laughs) Like, I'm glad I threw in some werewolf mythology. Good thing she has, like, one other friend. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Who she doesn't hate. Because these, this series goes off the rails after this book. Off the rails. Like, in a wonderful way, but, like, book two, suddenly they're in Italy! <laughs> well, like, and, like, before that, she gets rid of her love interest for a large portion of the book. Yeah. Right. It's... There are some wild narrative choices. Like, in book four, there's a war. <laughs> <laughs> they raise an army. Yeah. Like, it's an... It's amazing I mean, that, like, we take this first We have James, right? <laughs> yeah. And explode it. Yeah. James, who really doesn't care about any of these people. Yeah. No. He's really, like, not entangled right. with them in any way. It's just this one, like, oh. Flip. Okay. 
Yeah. I met you, I guess I'll kill you. His life is just so boring. Yeah, that he, the only interesting thing he can do today is try to kill Bella. It's really, and it is Edward's fault. Like, Edward has a lot of, like, self-hatred, but Edward is the one that makes Bella interesting to James. Because mm-hmm. James, like, looks at Bella weird, and suddenly Edward is, like, down in this crouch, this defensive position, like, challenging him. That's true, although I don't, like, I don't know, if he hadn't done that, what would they, like, he still would have wanted to kill the human that happened to be there. I don't know. It, but he does, they kind of say, he says, but when I defended you, well, that made it a lot worse. Right. Like, Definitely yeah. made it worse. Right. I feel like if they'd been, like, oh, we're saving yeah. her for later, like, I don't know, she was kind of a pain to catch, like. <laughs> I, even if it was just, like, yeah, we like her. <laughs> Just like, oh, I mean, we're not gonna eat her, but like the or, kids go to school, so they know her. That's <laughs> true. Or like, yeah, like she would know, or like her family would know. Her family knows she's here. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, uh, we're planning on turning her very soon. Right. Because we do. Le- this is, you know, skipping way ahead. We do learn that the Volturi way later on. Have, like, human, yeah. like, servants yeah, right. who are so interested in vampires that they're, like, trying to get in on it, and the vampires, like, let them help out and be slaves in the meantime, and, like, maybe they'll turn them and maybe they won't. So they could have passed it off as that kind of situation. Yeah. We don't know if James and Laurent and Victoria even know about the Volturi. No, we have no idea. Because the Volturi, like, like posture, like... We're the peacekeepers of the vampire world. If anyone gets out of line, we will straighten them out. But, like, they don't go around, like, giving vampirism 101 to new vampires. Mm-mm. It's just, like, if you're too If you fuck up, we'll go kill you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna kill Like, you don't get warned. No. Unless you're, like, the Collins, because they have that special relationship with Carlisle. Okay, so... Then we learn how you kill a vampire. Yes. Bella says, how can you kill a vampire? (laughs) He says, the only way to be sure is to tear him to shreds and then burn the pieces. What? Uh, uh, I love that just tearing the pieces is not the only way to be sure. Yeah. You have to burn them. They will fuse back together? Like, did I invent that? Is that true? Well, it's like they're not dead, so... Right, just tearing the pieces isn't isn't enough, so... Ergo... Also, there's, like, so much vampire lore to pull from, and this is not any of it. No. This is brand new. I guess, like, burning? Is that a vampire thing? But it's like, yeah. Is that a way to kill a vampire? Yeah, I think it is a way, but, you know, I mean, the main way is just the stake. Is there any other... Oh, and silver, right? Is that werewolves? Is that werewolves? That's werewolves. So that's all we got? (laughs) Yeah. Mythologically, it's really just the stake? I guess that is kind of dumb. Yeah. The only way to be sure is to tear him to shreds and then burn the pieces. So It's not a very until, technical answer. It's a very practical answer. Yeah, until the burning happens, I guess the vampire still has, like, consciousness. Well, it might, may or may not be conscious, but it's not truly dead. There's still a chance that it could heal. But, like, why not scatter the pieces to the seven winds? Like, as long as they know. can't ever... Like, come back together. I mean, I guess burning is 
faster and easier than scattering to the seven winds. That's true. That, again, like but this it's is less a poetic. This is a <laughs> practical answer, not a technical one. You're right. You're right. Technically, the answer might be dis- permanent dismemberment. Permanent <laughs> dismemberment. Okay. I mean, I don't know. What if you like chop off their head and only burn their head? I'm sure, like, the Volturi have done some sort of experiments where they, like, just Definitely. turned people and, like, cut them up just to, like, see just what all the various parts would do and, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That's gross. awful. Oh, <laughs> uh, terrible. <laughs> okay, then they're at the so, Collins. Yeah, and then La- this is when Laurent kind of talks about how James is, is pretty unstoppable very and the lethal. leader and the leader they were very sneaky about coming up like which, james like, is in charge but pretends not to be yeah which like i didn't really get like why at the time why bother i, think, I still don't think i get why bother. i think it's because like laurent shows the most polite front so they're like james isn't trying to come through and like fight every vampire or coven yeah. he ever meets. he just wanted to play baseball I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that James is, like, maybe more interested in, like, sussing people out, finding targets, trying to hunt people, but he knows that the best way to approach a situation is with, like, a friendly, polite, like, oh, what are you up to? And Laurent is very good at pulling that off because he, he is friendly and polite. If James came in hot every single time... He would fight every time. And it's like, but... Th- if he came in hot and just, like, started fighting, the chase wouldn't begin. Mm-hmm. He's about the chase. He's about the tracking. But, right. like, what is the point narratively to make James the leader? Like, maybe we've established that Laurent is already, like, a very believable leader. And now they're like, oh, but it's James's well, coven. But if, like, Laurent, okay. if Laurent was in charge, I think he would be more invested in exerting some sort of control over James. He'd be like, oh, I keep trying to make him stop fucking things up, but he (laughs) just refuses. Like, then he's not in charge. Right. Also, in this moment, we're learning how dangerous James is, and maybe, like, it's just meant to add to that feeling. Right. It's like, you were wrong about him He was more in charge than you even realized. Right. Yeah, like, he's sneakier than you realized. And me, the polite, nice one who's curious about your weird lifestyle, has no power to stop him. Yeah. The one that you thought could probably help you out here, (laughs) I simply cannot. Yeah. So he just dips. It's like, it's very tense. I know that we've been saying that this, like, whole end of the book (laughs) is more boring than the middle part, but looking back on how I read it the first time, I honestly can't remember... If I felt like this was not as interesting as all the, like, romantic stuff from before. Maybe reading it the first time when I didn't know what was going to happen, maybe I, like, truly felt the suspense. Yeah. Now, this is where they get to prove their love. Anyone can just say they love each other eternally when they're sitting in a meadow, but now we have life and death. (laughs) Good point, Melissa. I just hit myself so hard because I thought that was so funny. Anyone can say they're in love when they're in a meadow. <laughs> but now I gotta prove it. Yeah, but it's harder when you're sitting in a boring ass exactly. hotel room for three days. Right, yeah. So no, that, part like, is, that part I always thought was boring. I yeah, like, like, actually, I wanna break up. I don't like <laughs> I'm not into this. I think looking back, I like want it, I want the climax of this book to be more entangled with the Cullens or the vampire, like anything that we already know about. Like, 
all we know right now about Rosalie is that she's mad about it. And, like, we don't really know why, and, like, they don't have a confrontation. We know that Billy is suspicious about the Cullens and, like, doesn't want Bella to be with them. But that never really... She's just like, well, it's my business. And then it's true. Back up again. All the conflict up to this point is erased and replaced by, like, a new conflict. Yeah. And it's convenient because we have other books... Right, so, and it, like, so it works out fine. But if this was truly intended as a standalone, it's like, oh, all these conflicts. Those are just fake conflicts to make it seem like I, there was conflict. I think yeah. the other conflict that really gets ramped up is Edward talking about how dangerous he is personally to Bella, and that also doesn't really, like... Yeah. I mean, I do think that rereading Rosalie is, like, the most interesting character. It's true. And, like, yeah. she makes the most sense to me rereading it. Mm-hmm. She, she's literally, like, what is she to me? <laughs> and also, fair. she's, like, the only rational one. She's, like, right. Edward, you've known her for, like, two months. Why are you both professing your undying right. life to yeah. each other? She's truly, like, Edward, you've known her two months, and you are asking me to risk my, my whole life, life and my, like, quadruple husband's life. <laughs> For this girl that I've had two conversations Who's with. Who's probably gonna die. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. okay, great, you're happy right now, but, like, also, she's a menace. <laughs> yeah. She's the only She's the only, she's the only one. one that sees that, and I remember <laughs> reading this for the first My time God, and being Rosalie, like, Rosalie, what's oh. wrong with you? I'm like, God, she's so stupid. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't understand love. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's, like, the very one-dimensional, like, bitchy girl rival. Yeah. Right, which I also hate and appreciate now being older. Right, we like appreciate that it's so stupid. Yes, exactly. More than we did. It really is hugely unfair that they ask Rosalie to risk her life when she clearly does not want to. And to be fair to Bella, she is she also doesn't want them all to risk their lives. True. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying. Bella is not personally asking this, and Rosalie is pinning it on Bella. Yeah. A little bit. Although, Rosalie's, like, mostly mad at Edward. True. And Edward is the one literally asking her. Okay, but actually, at one point, he tells. (laughs) But, like, there's literally this part where he, like, just, like, they describe him ignoring her. And pretending that she doesn't exist. I was like, okay, this is a classic, like, oh, I found my one true love and no one else matters. And now my sister just doesn't get it and I'm gonna ignore her. doesn't exist. (laughs) Well, also, I think this has to do with, like, the way Edward speaks to people. Because right before that, it says, Edward turned to Rosalie, get her upstairs and trade clothes, Edward commanded. Right. Edward, like, commands Bella all the time. And Bella's like, He's hot. <laughs> right. And, and his, Rosalie is like, his sister. what the fuck? You can't speak to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he was like, Rosalie, I know you don't get it. Yeah. I know you don't get it, but I love you. You're my sister. I need this from you. Right. right. But he and doesn't like, do that. We no. can talk it through later, but for now, please just take her upstairs and trade clothes with her. No. She would probably be like, she'd probably still be like, be like why should I? Yeah. What is she to me? But, but then, will. but then we like actually find Rosalie annoying. You know, like, I feel like if we actually had that moment where Edward was like, let me spell it out for you, and then Rosalie was like, okay, but, um, no. Then we're like, okay, yeah, you are a bitch. <laughs> so you're I saying mean, this is ultimately better because we understand yeah. that she isn't a bitch? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I think no matter what, she, like, has the right to say, like, oh, well, yeah. um, I don't want to, without yeah. us, like, getting to, oh, yeah. 
much against her. Right. But, like, it would have been so much easier for me to, like, to buy into this paradigm here if, like, yeah, we, like, spelled it out for her and she still very rationally and very, like, rationally so was, like, no! Like, Uh, still within your right. I learned the word paradigm from John Green's Looking for Alaska, and I thought it was pronounced paradigm. Paradigm! My favorite one of those... Patriarchal (laughs) paradigm. My favorite one of those, of my own, was that I read Pride and Prejudice when I was, like, I don't know. I read it very early, and I thought that it was prejudice. (laughs) Prejudice? Prejudice. Prejudice. Okay, but there's so many examples of that problem in this book. Like, Carlizzle. 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 He sounds way cooler if his name is Carlizzle. Carlizzle. <laughs> Carlizzle. <laughs> okay, so Esme trades clothes with her instead, but before that, Esme presses a button on the wall to make the oh, huge right. metal shutters seal up the glass wall. They're ready. Like, what were they planning on having happening? The apocalypse. Um, I guess, like, one of them accidentally murdering somebody why do you, why do they or need to seal up the house, house maybe it's other vampires i mean maybe they've had aggression from other vampires who don't understand them before i feel like the easiest thing is what they're doing here which is to run away just run yeah but they do they invest hold up in the house they invest a lot in like setting down roots in a new place for a while you know what i think maybe the description of them being like huge metal and like groaning shutters makes it like more intense than it is because if it is about like other vampires like a vampire can like break through like the wooden part of the wall like if it's about keeping people out of the house like i don't think that's a realistic thing that they can do but if it's just about privacy like maybe like we have this aggression from other vampires or there's some other reason that we need to like hide what's going on inside uh and so we installed these huge metal shutters maybe. yeah we could have done curtains but this has an aesthetic <laughs> maybe there's like gonna be some sort of festival what? led by humans so there's no. gonna be a bunch of humans around and they're like wait let's just hide what goes on in I here mean, i was festival no but like hikers <laughs> i was feeling the privacy thing because it is impractical to have an entire wall of your house be windows and not be able to close them but they could have curtains yeah. You're right about the curtains. <laughs> Maybe the metal has some kind of, like... I mean, it's a vibe. What about, like, a storm? I don't know. I mean, I yeah, guess there's, like, like reasons. Like protective. Yeah. Okay. We'll give a... <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. We figured it out. Uh, so she puts on Esme's clothes. Then she and Alice carry her down the stairs by her elbows. For yep. no reason. Hilarious. Just to be faster. It's just gotta be fast. Just put her on one person's back. Right. <laughs> They're trying to be nice. Uh, Alice sees that they will take the bait. Yes. Um, okay, this brought up a big question for me. It's because Carlisle asks Alice. Yes, she does it on purpose. Yeah, she sees on purpose and she sees specifically what he's asking. So, it we- leads the whole power, especially in the next chapters, you know, when she's stuck in a hotel room, like... Okay, we'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I think I think part of it is, like, she can look, you know? She can look, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to see. Maybe. Also, the examples that we get later soon 
are examples of when something has changed. Like somebody has changed their mind about something because she can't see the definite future, but she can see what will happen if everybody stays their current course. And so like right now, everybody is on a course. She can check in and be like, here's what's going to happen if everybody's doing what they're doing. And then later on when she's like, oh, a vision, it's like, oh, somebody changed their mind and now something new is happening. That I couldn't see before because they didn't know they were going to do it. Yeah. And in later books, uh, Edward has Alice, like, looking all the time. He's, like, I think it's Breaking Dawn when she's, like, constantly just, like, waiting to see something and she's always looking. Uh, and she tells him, like, like, I can't watch this and watch that and watch that. Like, like it's too much. So I do think she has, like, the power to look. But that doesn't mean that someone will make a decision sort that of give her a vision. Yeah, sort of in a limited capacity. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, that works for me. Um, yeah, so Edward says goodbye in very dramatic fashion. Uh, they're, like, prepared to spend a day apart while they're in mortal danger. <laughs> and his eyes go curiously dead. It's, like, so well described. Like, I, as a teenager, I was like... <gasps> yeah. And then... Um, Jasper, they we get sort of, a Jasper moment. Yeah, there's a Jasper mo- moment, which we don't get that many of. And he says, I can feel what you're feeling now, and you are worth it. Which is, like, very heartwarming. And also, is that really a feeling? Yeah. <laughs> it really also calls into question how his powers work. Yes. Really, it really, really does. Because, like, he could be guessing wildly. It could be that he's feeling doubt from her. Right. And so he's guessing, I mean, guessing but she might be like, emotion. that does come up later. I know that I'm worth it. I'm doubting that this will work. <laughs> like, that does come up later when he is but like... She's, but he's right here. He's correct. Yeah, yeah, and he's incorrect later. Yeah, go on, go on, tell us. Um, it's like when they're in the hotel room and she's like feeling really sad and he's like, Bella, you're fine. Like, you're totally safe. And she's like, I'm not worried about me. Right. Yeah. You idiot. So in that case, it makes more sense because like he literally only has an emotion, and sadness is right. definitely an emo- like fear right. is an emotion. Right. It did make me question um, Jasper's emotional intelligence because I'm like, yo, this guy's probably getting so many emotions all the time, but no reasoning behind them. <laughs> so it's like, true. I wonder if the emotions have like a flavor of a person, or right. if he like does context clues to think, okay, the fear is probably coming from. I mean, Bella. I think it would still make you more empathetic, right. even though you don't know, because right. you would be thinking about it all the time. Right. Like, I can see some amount of your emotions mm-hmm. and, like, be thinking through, like, oh, why is Melissa feeling this way? But if you're getting them, like, thrown and in your face all the time, you're thinking about it all the time. Right. Like, oh, she feels sad. I didn't expect her to feel sad. What could she be feeling sad right. about right now? Cool. That is why being a reader makes you more empathetic, because you, like, feel it with the character. Way yeah. to bring it back, Maya. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We believe in literacy. <laughs> we work in publishing. Okay, so, chapter 20. Impatience. Bella wakes up and she's confused because she doesn't really remember where she is or what's going on, but comes back to her, she's at this, like, ugly hotel room, and She describes scared. the hotel room very well. Yeah, it's a lot of description of, like, the hotel room. <laughs> it's like, you know how they say Moby Dick is a masterpiece because yeah. it reflects, like, the experience, like... When he's having long stretches of boringness on the water, it feels boring to read. <laughs> and the action-y parts of our lives feel shorter and more exciting. So the action-y parts of the book are short. Which, like, one, terrible. <laughs> sure. 
But, like, that's how this feels. Like, Bella's experiencing something boring, right. and also the description, like, reading it feels boring. And she can literally only focus on the color of, like, the walls. Mm. Yeah. I'm not saying that I want to watch them be in a car for a day, because as you're saying right now, like, maybe that's just boring. But this is the first time that she's spent expended, extended time with any of his family. Like, this is an opportunity for us to get to know Alice and Jasper really well, and she's way too distracted to interact with them. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see that if it were, like, a road trip. Right. But since she's, like, not having conversation. She's, like, way too distracted. Yeah, to there's nothing to get out of it. real interaction with them. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that I think this is the first time we, like, time jump. <laughs> it might be. It might be. true. Like, yeah. They skipped something. Yeah. Wow. We don't know about her every single move in every moment. Right. We get a recap, but, like, we're not there. Good when no. she's actually <laughs> running for her life and, like, things are happening. Right. It's like... <laughs> That's when we jump. I don't know where I was when I woke up. All the time passed in a blur in a car. <laughs> but when she's, like, getting ready, it's like, I took cereal out of the left cabinet, second <laughs> shelf. I picked my favorite spoon, the one with the curved handle, and fit perfectly. <laughs> Oh, it's great. We are, we're keeping things moving. <laughs> Extremely funny. It's good. Uh, so, they're hanging out, and finally, we, like, get some interaction between her and Alice, uh, and they're, they're friends somehow. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. it just happened. Yeah. They are very natural with each other. She yeah. says somewhere here that they somehow have become friends. Yeah. And it's, like, not quite believable, but their interactions are very natural. And Alice right. is sort of, like, the most normal with her out of all of them. Yeah, for sure. Because every time she talks to Jasper, he, like, names her emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and, That's weird. And every time she talks to Esme, she's like, I'm really glad you're here, Bella. Yeah, it's t- it's too much. Yeah. Right. Uh, then they, Alice tells her that they're just waiting for Carlisle to call. So we don't know what's going on yet. Bella is, like, talking through her feelings with Alice and Jasper about why she's worried about the rest of the Cullens. Mm -hmm. There's, like, really not too much to say about all of that. It really comes in when Alice starts having visions, I feel like. Yeah, the only thing that I noticed through here is that everybody keeps calling... We have learned Victoria's name, and everybody's calling James James, and they have started... Only calling Victoria the female. The wild Alice female. Right. Alice calls her the woman, like, one time. And it's kind of weird. Yes, yeah. it is. Okay, one thing that I actually did notice that I forgot to mention is since Alice and Bella are connecting, Bella is like, Alice, will you tell me the truth? And yeah. Alice is like, yes, always. I would never lie to you. Not for anything. I'll always tell you the truth. And she like... <laughs> brings a real intensity to it <laughs> and then Bella's like how do you become a vampire and Alice is like I don't oh, want to talk about shit. it <laughs> I've made a mistake yeah. that she does tell her but she's like she does. oh not that <laughs> yeah and that's where Bella's like if we're friends then you have to tell <laughs> right. me yeah and Alice is like shit I pin this whole thing on us being friends now suddenly Bella knows what it means to be a friend oh. after all these times <laughs> with Jessica <laughs> Ooh, and we finally find out that vampires are venomous. This is the first time. Oh yeah, that we hear oh, that that's they're venomous. True. Which we kind of know it from lore. 
Do I was trying to think, like, what is the lore of fangs? I feel like the lore of fangs is that that's how you suck blood. Although I don't oh, know if that's how you suck you blood or if it's just how you bite them. Right, and it's how you get into blood. the neck and then you just suck. How oh. do people become vampires in other... I have no idea. I just, maybe I read Twilight so early in my understanding Like, yeah, that's how vampires work. That it, like, the whole time it's just like, oh yeah, you bite them. <laughs> right. I feel like there is something about a vampire bite that does usually do something to you. Okay, you know what? We're going to have our friend on who knows a lot about vampires. Oh, yeah. And Shelly's going to explain all of this to us. Yeah, and also, listeners, if you know, write in. Tell us. Yeah. We're, we're behind on our... We, we only read Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did read Dracula, but I didn't get what Cass Morgan got out of it. either. Um, yeah, so we find out that Venom is just, like, another extraneous weapon that vampires have, and it's very painful and incapacitating, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah I but, think that's an important point, that it incapacitates you. Yes, that's true. And if left to spread, that is how you become a vampire. Then, Alice has a vision. Uh, Something's changed. (gasps) Something's changed. And she sees a ballet studio. They don't know that it's a ballet studio until Bella is like, that looks like a ballet studio. (laughs) Yeah, Alice draws it. I like that Alice has taken the time to learn how to draw so that she can share her visions more accurately with people. I wonder if she learned or if she just got just good good (laughs) at it. Right? Like, all vampires are just good at things. Yeah. They do have really good, like, motor control of yeah. newly, so maybe it's just like, yeah, you can just make your hand make the thing that you can right. see. Yeah. Don't know. Like, maybe she had to learn some, like, like techniques. Right. You know? Like, Cause shading. Because it's, it's not like Edward can play piano because he's a vampire. Like, he learned how to play piano. Yeah, he right. practiced. Yeah, and you have to practice. And he just happens to be better than humans at it. I think it would give you some level of accuracy of drawing, but you would still have to practice a lot to become artistic. I think you're right. I mean, I think there's also a difference between being creative creative and artistic versus, like, just, this is what I saw. That's true. That's true. And in the movie, like, her drawing doesn't look that good. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, but in the movie, she's, like, still in a trance. Oh, yeah, she's, like, like... drawing without looking, looking at, at the, the pain at the right pain, which is not what's happening here right. this is like she has a vision and then she's like oh it's really hard to describe places out loud so i'll right. sit down and draw it for you because i have memory wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then bella and edward get to talk on the phone and it's like just such a great moment because it takes us back to like oh, all yeah. their heightened emotion. True. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot what this was all about. Yeah. Their love. <laughs> their love. Oh my god. <laughs> we find out where everyone is. They're different places. <laughs> Esme and Rosalie are watching Charlie. Esme like won't let him out of her sight, and I really wonder what that means. Like when he's like in his office, like is he? Is she like outside the window, just like with her knitting, watching? <laughs> Or, like, if he's, like, in an interior hallway without a window, like, what is she doing? I mean, this was the beginning of the Esme Charlie ship for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. It was That's real. scandalous. It was real. Yeah. <laughs> she just, like, dumps Carlisle. Yeah. Does Carlisle uh, die somehow in the ship? And I mean, I've read like, a lot of different versions, obviously. She takes comfort in Charlie's arms. Oh my god. No, it was, uh, the ones I really liked were definitely more choice-driven. Like, Esme was like, 
yeah, I guess I just happened to find Carlisle at that one really important time in my life. But now, well, I Carlisle found, found her. What so. I, exactly? But now I have Charlie. Wow. <laughs> Before I was chosen, and now I'm choosing. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> I was about to say this is where. Bella first, note, first notes that she says immortality must grant endless patience because she's with Jasper and Alice as they're just being themselves. Yeah. And them being themselves is sitting still and doing literally nothing. Nothing. Like, just, like they're waiting for the phone to call. Okay, they're just going to fucking wait. Yeah. So Esme's probably just sitting under that window doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they say I love you and it's just, it's great. Uh... Edward is like, I miss you so much, it feels like you've taken half myself away with you. Sigh! Oh, Chromos. Uh, and then the call is over. I don't know why they can't just, like, talk more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they can't. It's over. Uh, and so they're back to sitting. And got then, to plan. And then Bella recognizes the ballet studio, so they actually haven't told the crew all of that. That's true. Uh, and she's like, she remembers where her ballet studio was. Like, the like, cross street. Conveniently yeah. says it out loud. Yeah. 58th and Cactus. <laughs> We're in Phoenix. We're in Phoenix. <laughs> Hilarious. And then something very important happens. She uses a phone to call her mom because it's before, like, cell phones were super widespread. So their only permanent phone line is the one in Phoenix, and Renee calls that phone to check her messages. So, they leave a number that she's supposed to check. I think that this is really a flaw in their plan, because if that is the ballet studio Bella used to go to, they should assume the that James can is, also find the house. The action is coming to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, this is a more dangerous thing to do than they think it is that it's that not only is the action coming to phoenix but that it's coming to like bella's, to bella's place life. But, like right. specifically and they shouldn't be leaving something that james can find right but like also bella is trying to prevent anything from happening to her mom which is now imminent that you know he's at her ballet studio or whatever and so she's like literally the only thing i could possibly do is to leave my mom a phone message yeah even though there's no other way to contact her, like... They, they should... emailed. That's true. They have emailed. Yeah, they I have was emailed. just, like, thinking through, like, I got confused by this because I forgot how the world worked at the time. Right. I was like, how does he get this? Why does he get this number? Like, and I figured it out now, but now that you say that, like, they do also... But she doesn't have a computer to use. She'd have to, like, go right. down to the hotel she can't check lobby on her phone. to the media room. <laughs> But let's say, let's say that she could email her. You know, maybe she won't check her email, like, religiously right. enough. No. But at the very least, the Cullen should, like, pull their resources and, like, figure out where they are and, like, call the minor league baseball manager and be like, right. we have an urgent message. Right. Like, they, they could have they been. could have done this better. Yeah. They could have. Because this is their big mistake, is allowing Bella to leave this message. Right. On her home phone machine knowing that the tracker is, like, thinking of going possibly to Bella's places. Right. So that leads us to the next chapter. She falls asleep again and wakes up again, still in the hotel room. Time jump. 
Thank God. <laughs> Except we hear about her going to bed and waking back up. So is it right. a time jump? I don't know. I mean, yes, because we also get a lot about her dreams normally. <laughs> and blissfully, we did not get a dream. We don't hear about her sleep. <laughs> so we're going to call it a time jump. Melissa's right. And then Alice has her second vision. Um, and she's been drawing this whole detailed drawing. And Bella recognizes it as her mother's house. It is such a great moment like the suspense is sky yes. high when Bella goes the phone goes there I whispered pointing two pairs of eternal eyes stared at me Ooh, that is a good line yeah. I feel like I skipped right past that line because I like it's tense so I'm just like skipping to the dialogue you yeah know? you're going right yeah, that is a good line so exciting yeah. I just remember audibly gasping like the first time I read that. Yeah, it's amazing. And then everybody's in motion. Like immediately Alice is on the phone, Jasper is trying to comfort Bella. Like it's great. Edward decides to come uh because we know that James is heading for Phoenix officially. So it's like, well, we're not going to manage to kill him in Canada. Clearly, <laughs> we should go get so her. So the fight is coming to Phoenix. Yeah. The word hysteria is used a lot through these sections. Bella's, like, <sighs> fighting back a panic at mm-hmm. all times. And then she has this, like, throwaway moment of, what if you get hurt, Alice? Do you think that's okay with me? Do you think it's only my human family he can hurt me with? So she's, like, already adopted that. She's like, already she's in She's way in it. Yeah. And then I think the following moment is not cool. Jasper hears this and he, like, Tries to make her sleepy. Yeah. A deep, heavy fog of lethargy washed over me, and my eyes closed without my permission. Like, Jasper is trying to manipulate her here, to Melissa's point from earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's not cool. No. And I've never thought about this before, but this is sort of... She resists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of the first hint... Well, we have, obviously, that Edward can't read her mind, and I never would have... I never thought about it this way because too much is going on. Right. But this is, like, actually an important point where she resists Jasper in a way. Yeah. We love to, like, put Bella down and, like, say that she's, like, passive and whatever. But she, like, she can't, like, whip out her bow and arrow and overthrow (laughs) the capital in this moment. Right. Right. Like, those aren't the tools available to her, but, like, the everyday resistance that we, like, all can participate in she like steps away from jasper she uses her voice she's like i don't want to go back to sleep i was also thinking of it in terms of like the magical vampire powers like she has this like shielding protective power already i think jasper's doesn't count (laughs) why because in i want to say like book three or book four they talk about it a little bit and it seems to be that there are physical powers and then there are like mental powers and what jasper is like doing is physically manipulating like the balance of like hormones and things in her body but alice is like seeing her physically in the future but like jane can't affect her she like can't make her feel pain Mm. edward can't make her feel he can't read her mind it seems like there are, like, two different, like, groups, and either you, either you can affect her or you cannot. I feel like this, again, is a thing that breaks down, because, like, where your emotion, like, I don't know, it's, like, brain chemistry. Right. It's yeah. all very shaky, I think. 
I love that you remember this, though. But, like, thank yeah, God. Thank God you remember all these things, because I don't remember all these things. We're just doing our best. <laughs> We're trying. Uh, then she spends three and a half hours staring at a wall curled in a ball, rocking. Uh, and there's a phone call. And then there's the phone call. So, Alice hands the phone to Bella... Which is kind of interesting that she doesn't, like, try to figure out who's on the phone. Well, she knows who's on the phone. It's... No, she, she doesn't know who's on the phone. voice going, Bella? Bella? Yeah, I guess. And if she thinks about, like, who... We assume that's what she hears, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, it's like, who else would have the number? So, right, and they know that her mom has the number. So, Bella gets on the phone, and all she hears is her mother's voice say, Bella? Bella? And then, suddenly... It's not her mom, it's James. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I think this really breaks down because Alice should be able to hear, hear. this phone yes. call. Through the phone. Yeah. Just literally through the phone because she's a person, but also because she's a vampire with really good hearing. Right. Yeah, and they're like five and, feet apart, she should be able to hear this. And I was trying to imagine, like, if this phone call was really with her mom, Bella would be doing a lot more explaining. Like, all he really has Bella say is, like, very generic, like, mom, stay where you are, mom, listen to me, trust me, just stay where you are. And she would have to explain something. Right. Yeah. She'd have to say something. Yeah. And she doesn't have the time to do that. So that also kind of falls apart. I think that this is, this is kind of like the evidence of the fact that like it is a series. Because later when Bella's turned into a vampire, it's like, and I could hear a brook babbling half a mile away. <laughs> right. And, you know, because she's trying to make it feel like grand and epic and all these things. But like, that they can't this, always have like that level of hearing because yeah this part like the plot doesn't function here yeah and they say that like new vampires are stronger that's true but i don't think that they don't tend to mean like like you hear so much better than other vampires right it seems to be based around like physical strength so james tells her that she has to get away and at first bella thinks this is impossible but she does convince herself that she can make it happen and that the only way that she could possibly help her mom is to do what James says and to go alone to her mother's house. This is a really great Bella moment because, again, nobody gives her enough credit, but she is incredibly clever. She makes this plan. She, like, hangs up the call and she, like, starts thinking. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, how am I going to do it? Right. She thinks about where she's going. She, like, has her cash. And she makes a plan to get away from these, like, supernatural, all-powerful beings. And it's amazing. She makes the choice that she goes and she dies. Yeah. I mean, this is classic, but, oh, go ahead. I was saying, I remember reading this originally and being like, Bella, you dumb girl. Because, yeah, like, I was it. like, <laughs> you know, you can still tell these supernatural hero-like people, like, that. Oh, that was James. He has my mom. He wants me to go alone. Right. Like, this is so, a classic setup where, oh, they say I have to be alone, so you guys stay back and right. I'll pretend to be alone. Right. Like, that's how this always goes. Exactly. I think the flip side might <clears throat> be that Bella doesn't know if she can trust the Cullens to care enough about her mom's safety. Maybe. Because okay. she really had to convince them about, about Charlie. Charlie. But what is she, how? what chance does she have to save her mom if she's alone? 
Like she just is trusting that James will keep his word. Right. That Which if she dies, it's he so won't stupid. kill her mom. But like in what universe does he murder the daughter and then just like let, let the, the mom, mom go. walk away? That doesn't make any sense. It's true. Bella's plan, I think genius. Like her plan her to get original away, plan was very good. No, I mean her one to like get away from the Cullens. Oh, that too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, very, very smart. clever. Yeah. But yeah, she should have, like, communicated more. Yeah. Because this is really classic Bella. She says, this is the middle of page 430. I pushed the terror back as well as I could. My decision was made. Mm-hmm. It did no good to waste time agonizing over the outcome. Mm-hmm. It's like, guess what? The outcome is you die. Right. So yeah. you should probably think about it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> consider more options. <laughs> but she's just like, oh, I decided. It's done. I mean, she does know that once she tells them, this current plan is no longer an option. Yeah. Like, they won't let her actually go alone. Yeah. So she, I think she's worried of cutting off that possibility if she does tell them. Yeah. Fair. Well, I think that's what, sorry, I think that's what I was saying when it was, like, she can't trust them enough right. to to want to protect Renee. Because Edward right. is so, like, blinded by his love for her that he's just gonna be like, we can't, yeah. no, sorry, we can't, I have to think about you. Right. And she's like, well, I have to put my mom first. Right. I so it also, is very noble of her. It really is. I also love this because it takes us back to the prologue. Right. When she's like, isn't it noble to die in the place of someone you love? And it's like, so this we whole time we were know. thinking that it was going to be about Edward, but it's about her mom. That's true. It's like in Frozen when <laughs> you think that, like, the boy is going to okay. save her, but that it's sisterly love. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then she does another sneaky thing where she says she's going to write a letter uh, for her mom, but she writes a letter to Edward. And then she seems to have the same handwriting as Edward. Am I wrong? Right, I think let's... you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Yeah, Edward's was like Edward's a is very flowery. Script. And hers is like... It's a little scrawly. Yeah. Chunky. It's kind of like a, um, like a half normal writing, half cursive kind of chicken scratch. Oh, I found oh, it. I found I'm it. 249. Found it right. We flip at wow. the exact same speed. Wow. I was very wrong. Very wrong. Yeah, extremely so, but that's okay. <laughs> the uh, page just, design holds up. Right. They, <laughs> they just really wear are. the same clothes. They don't have the same handwriting. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, she does put a period after her name, just like she does in her emails, and it's still weird. Hilarious. <laughs> Why? And then she says goodbye to Edward. She apologizes, and then she prepares. Yeah. To leave. And that's it. That's it. And then I carefully sealed away my heart. Ugh. Excellent. Wow. Um, best sentence, worst sentence, final thoughts? Yeah, it seems weird to go into best sentence, worst sentence, because we just had, like, such... Like, it's so tense at this moment that it's like, no, we gotta talk about what happens next. Yeah. But yeah, it's... We're cutting it over. off. <coughs> the episode is done. Gotta talk about the sentences. Okay. We figured we'd... Set up some tension. Finally, there's tension. You have to hear the next episode. Uh, it is extremely tense. Um, my best sentence is real quick. Um, Edward's talking about the plan. He says, don't forget that this was your idea. And she says, it was the best idea. Of course it was mine. <laughs> I love that one. Classic. You're welcome. Um, my best sentence is a description of Phoenix. Ooh, go ahead. The palm trees, the scrubby creosote. I don't know what that is. I think it's a kind of plant, maybe. It's a plant, but uh, whatever. Maybe it's a rock. I don't know. 
Could rocks be scrubby? No. Probably not. See, it's a plant. It's yeah. A plant. See, scrubby. Great word. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, the haphazard lines of the intersecting freeways, the green swaths of golf courses, and turquoise splotches of swimming pools, all submerged in a thin smog and embraced by the short, rocky ridges that weren't really big enough to be called mountains. I almost Beautiful. picked the sentences right after this, which are, the shadows of the palm trees slanted across the freeway, defined, sharper than I remembered, paler than they should be. Nothing could hide in these shadows. <laughs> The bright, open freeway seemed benign enough, but I felt no relief, no sense of homecoming. And it's like, you finally get the contrast right. between Forks and here. Right. That's also great because it's like, Bella has been wanting and missing Phoenix all this time, and she gets no sense of homecoming. That's such a good word. And there's a lot of danger in, like, the shadows aren't dark enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my best sentence is the top of page 399. Emmett had my door open before the truck was stopped. He pulled me out of the seat, tucked me like a football <laughs> into a vast chest, and ran me through the door. Of all That's the, your best? Of all the silly ways what? that these vampires transport Bella, my favorite image is tucked like a football. Tucked like a football. Like, she, like you hold a football under one arm, so right. that means he's yeah. holding her. She's like, like scooped up like yeah, a baby. She's like a little nugget, and she's like running, and she's like bouncing around, her hair's going. It's a hilarious image. Oh, I laughed funny. out loud. I was like, this is my favorite sentence possibly in the book. Oh my god. Talk like a football. Hilarious. Uh, I'm going rogue and my worst sentence is a sentence that does not, there is no sentence here and there should be one. <laughs> um, we, we go back to when Edward finally says how you kill a vampire. He says the only way to be sure is to tear him to shreds and then burn the pieces Bella has no reaction to this. Her next question is, and the other two will fight with him. Like, you have no follow-up questions? <laughs> nothing? No reaction? Not even like a, ooh, I shuddered. Like, literally <laughs> nothing. No reaction. Not even nothing. like, so that means the pieces can crawl back to right. each like, other why do you have to? Bu- why do you have to burn it? Like, th- th- absolutely no follow-up questions. That's yeah. my worst sentence. You're right. That's <laughs> great choice. <laughs> Uh, my worst sentence is when we are talking about Rosalie, um, Bella glances warily at Rosalie, and she was glowering at Carlisle with a resentful expression. And I just, I'm like, okay, she was glaring with resentment. I don't know. Why are you saying she has a resentful expression? I was like, that's stupid writing. <laughs> she, she should resent this. This does suck yeah. for her. Well, it's also the only thing she's done in the whole book. <laughs> just resentful expression. My worst, I think, is going to be one of those ones where someone's like, you think that's bad? (laughs) But yes. Uh, Alice is describing all the different, like, ways that vampires can kill people. And she goes, and then, like a carnivorous flower, we are physically attractive to our prey. I just, like, didn't like that description. I can kind of step outside myself and be like, oh, it's kind of good. But, like... (laughs) Like, I think of a Venus flytrap, and they're just They're so not attractive. Oh, no, I know. And even though she says, to our prey, I just... And there are flowers, there are, like, venomous or whatever, carnivorous flowers that are attractive, but the only one you ever think about is a Venus flytrap. Yes. Yeah. You don't think of those ones shaped like bells. No, you just don't. Yeah. It's true. And, like, for her to be like, and also, 
you're just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could just, like, talk like a person and be like, you know, the way we look doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. Tune in next week for, like, the true, true climax. The showdown. Uh, we'll be reading chapters 22 and 23, short and sweet, so join in. Don't do the face. Oh, yeah. Um... You can follow us at Twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Insta and twilightphasepodcast.tumblr.com. Disclaimer, we owe nothing. The Twilight universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Meyer Merlet. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Morin. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. <laughs> Bye.